Jim, howdy. Oh, hello. Uh, lovely to have you here. As you know, we're auditioning for a new announcer. So, uh, do you need to warm up at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I need to warm up little vocal cords there. Just a second. Stand back. Stand back. <clears throat> me, 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 me. You, 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 you. They, they. <coughs> right. Ready. Let's go. Okay, so we want it happening. We want it now. We want it funky in your own time. Release the clowns. Oh, I thought you said my own time. I was going to do it at 3 o'clock. No? <clears throat> Release the clams! Do I get the part? <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Release the Clowns Sketch Comedy Podcast with me, Nick Hildred. And me, Alex Marion. And we're going to be talking to some of our writers and also some of our performers this week about sketches they've been in or written. And Because we realised that actually all this time we've been talking to the writers, we've ignored the performers completely. Well, that's the best thing to do because that's all they want us to do is notice them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be performers. No, but actors are people too, Nick. Are they? Apparently so. Well, today's actor is the brilliant, wonderful, funny and Canadian Casper Michaels. Hey! Ooh, hey, <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello, Casper. Yes, yes, being Canadian is the, uh, that's the, that's the kicker, isn't it? That's my default setting, being Canadian. It is, it is. I mean, I'm, I'm so laid back, I'm lying down. You be careful, young man, or you're going to get a sternly worded email. <laughs> because that's, that's what will happen. Or a drive-by shouting. So you just watch out. <laughs> that's, a, that's the way it works in Canada. A drive-by <laughs> apology. That's yeah. right. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're being mean to me. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's how it goes. So, so what we're going to do, we're going to listen to a sketch that Casper has chosen of, of the many, many, many sketches he's been in with us. And after we've listened to it, we'll have a chat about it. So here comes uh, the Simon Littlefield penned Power of Me. The Power of Me by Bobby Heister. Thank you for allowing me to share my awesome secret of success with you helping you to take the first step on your own amazing journey by downloading my book, The Power of Me, for just $29.95. When I first started out in the business guru game, frankly, I was struggling to make my $15,000 a month mortgage payments on my castle. My friends would ask me, Bobby, why, when you have no freaking money, did you go out and buy yourself a mother freaking castle? Because, like Martin Luther King, I had a dream. A dream that I would one day own a castle. And what's more important, dreams or money? Both, especially the latter. And now, thanks to my positive thinking principle and ordinary people like you bettering their lives by buying my book, I own that castle. When life gives you lemons, buy a castle. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it's just so silly. <laughs> um, so what drew you to choosing that as your favorite? Um, what drew it to, it was the, for me, uh, A, being in North America, I grew up with all that kind of stuff. And there was just, I got the concept of the sketch right away. And I was like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just, it is so silly. It, it was, it was the first time I think in Re Release the Clowns that I felt comfortable enough to get in there. Cause I mean, I think I'd been in the UK maybe five years at that point and I really didn't know anybody. And, and when we met, when we were doing that voiceover gig uh, for what New Hampshire buses yeah, um, and you, and you invited me to do release the clowns. I was like, sure. Why not? But at the same time, I was like, is this a good thing? <laughs> I, I don't know any of these people. So, you know, you come in and I meet Phil Whelan's and he scares the crap out of me because he's so talented <laughs> and, and so intense and all this stuff. And, and, and uh, but you know, all these super, super talented people. So when this sketch came along, I was like, okay, I can do this and I can show this. And it was just so, I read it and I went, I can do this. This is funny. And just the whole, you know, I own a castle. Just that has stuck with me the entire time that I've been doing Release the Clown stuff because it's just so silly. I mean, it's always been a lifelong dream of mine to live in a castle, but I've been pointed out so many times, you know, <laughs> people have said, do you know how many staff you'd have to hire to have a castle? Do you know how much it would cost to heat that thing? You know, all this, all yeah. these people trying to bury my dream, but <laughs> this came along and I was like, yeah, I can own a castle. Just <laughs> so, so that's and it was just a lot of fun to do i mean i've done a lot of really good sketches uh with release the clowns and it was really tough to pick one but i think this was the first one where i mean what it was episode 14 so we'd been doing it well for for me I'd been doing it for, I missed the first episode, the first recording. So this was lucky number 13 kind of thing. And yeah, no, I miss. And so it was, it was such a, I mean, getting invited to join the clowns was, was great. Uh, and coming and meeting all these super talented people. I wasn't quite sure at first because with the improv background that everybody seemed to have, uh, I was like, Oh, I don't know if this is <laughs> this is going to work because it's improv sort of not my cup OT kind of thing. So it was, uh, but I realized when you go going into the room that the entire group is so easy to work with uh, mm. and the chemistry that everyone seems to have, like it doesn't matter which pairing you stick in there um, or three or four or a group of people, everyone seems to click together. And that's the really cool thing about this group is even though this sketch i maybe that's the reason i've chosen it as my favorite because it's a solo uh no it's <laughs> no no matter who uh i've been in the booth with recording it's been so much fun and uh so you know choosing this one i mean there's some background i mean there were still people in the room kind of thing and doing some stuff but uh you know later on in the day but the the group just works and the writing is really good. I mean, Simon's written some really, really, he's written some of the stuff, my favorite sketches that I've been in. The, and um, this yeah. the run on, the whole concept of the run on sketches as well is just a hoot. Yeah. I mean, well, I, you, 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 you and Simon go together like uh, eggs and chips 
Oh, oh. <laughs> oh it's good because if you were going to say eggs and mayonnaise, yeah, we weren't going to have a talk anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no salad, but, eggs and salad, not happening. Because, dear listeners, um, Casper is also dim toweling, uh, the voice yeah. of dim toweling. I think that's that's interesting, actually, because as you say, you you felt you didn't have the improv background, but your background in voiceovers has really, really helped because you, you've done more solo sketches than anyone else. I think um, you've done these. You did the dim toweling ones, the Huawei way uh, yeah. in the, the actor's what, studio, yeah. which is more or less a, a solo sketch. The actor's uh, studio one and the Huawei way one. They're the two sketches I think that I'm most proud of i could say if as a as a performer with the release the clowns because they the huawei way i did it in one take i remember that it was take 78 but (laughs) (laughs) i got it in one take kind of thing i remember i i I remember driving home going (laughs) yes you know but, but running into nick was probably one of the the good things because he introduced me to this probably it was only probably one of the good things (laughs) well i gotta say probably because if i say it was your head gets really big and then you have trouble getting indoors remember remember that thing yeah 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 we don't want that that to happen again you know but here's the thing here's the thing i mean uh casper you you don't just do voiceovers you're a very experienced actor (laughs) on on stage and all of this sort of proper actor so i mean you know, you were talking about the the chemistry that we have uh, as a group mm-hmm. in the studio. I mean, it might be slightly different when I'm not there. Maybe it's my Canadian pheromones or something that makes everything work. So I don't know kind of thing. But for me, any group that I've worked with, with the clowns has gone really well. It's been surprisingly well. But also because I'm not, I'm not a writer, I'm just a performer. So um, when you have a group of writers in the room who are also performing, I can imagine uh, hackles and claws and things and pencils and erasers and stuff coming out and, you know, and just, it, it can get, it's like, you're not saying it right. That's not how I wrote it. It's like, okay, let's do it. I don't get that. We just, we just get performing. That's all we do. Well, I, th- I think partly because we all get how the jokes work. I think so. And I, I have to admit there, there have been some sketches that are I find really, really funny, but I don't get half the jokes. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite sketches that's like that is the one uh, about the licorice. <laughs> Pontifract. Yes, that <laughs> is so funny on so many levels. And four of those levels, I don't get at all. <laughs> and so the fact that uh, there's still enough levels there for me to pee myself laughing when I hear it is great. But because I mean, the, the, the catchphrase at the end, I didn't understand it at all because it, it made no sense to me because you don't we don't have them in Canada. I wasn't raised with it. I didn't, you know. Yeah. But when, it takes all sorts. <laughs> yeah. Because because licorice all sorts is not a thing in Canada. It's, they're called something else, I think, you know, this, and, and it's, they're sort of the, the candies that are left over at Halloween and Christmas in the, in the bowl kind of thing, you know, nobody. And so it was when that catchphrase, I was like, yeah, hey, is that, is that it? <laughs> and then I went back, <laughs> Cause well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't quite get it. And then when I went, but the, you know, the Yorkshire zombies is just, 
so <laughs> funny. It's just funny to hear it because you make a zombie, you know, you make them from Yorkshire and it was just, you know, the Northern and it's really funny, but I don't, I couldn't tell you why. And which is a really good example of, of why clowns works. Cause actually the Northern thing is something that only came in, in the table read. That's true. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it, 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 it was either, I think it was general Barney. Yeah. Cause they just what? started, to, they just started to do this sort of, northern thing and it was just really really funny <laughs> because it makes them more i don't know why it makes them more human <laughs> well you know, I think the thing is the the original the original writing in my head they were cockneys ah. it was an old it was an old cockney couple and i think what the northern thing did was it softened it yeah which made true. which made that because they were supposed to be quite soft anyway but a cockney accent is can be quite harsh yeah um and the, the Yorkshire thing just softened it up and made this idea of these two, this doddery old couple who'd been made into zombies even funnier. All the sketches, like the writers, it's, it's an odd thing. You know, they, they're very intelligently written, yet at the same time, they're hitting you over the head with a fish. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's, it's sort of like reading Shakespeare while getting pelted by margarine. You know, kind of thing. You just, <laughs> just, it just—it's just, funny and intelligent and messy, and but still and funny. Yeah, and stupid. There's some of the sketches we've done have been stupid. They have been, and so much fun to do. Well, That's what I—I I think I think on that wonderful note. Sorry to cut yeah. across. No, but no, no. Our, our time here is is up. So um, I'm going to have to say. Thank you very much for joining us, Casper. Not just today, but all the way through the Release the, the Clowns project. Thank you so much. I, I look forward to the next time that we can all get together. Thank for you for reals. stepping into our clown car. <laughs> you, are, you, are very, you are very welcome. I just wish I could get back my one shoe. <laughs> I was being filled with whitewash. So. <laughs> That's, yes. Yeah. As long as it's not margarine, I'm okay. That's why mums release the clowns. Hello, Mrs Smith. How can I help you today? Oh, Doctor, I'm feeling quite depressed. It always seems to happen this time of year. I think I'm suffering from a severe case of CAD. <laughs> I think you mean SAD, Mrs Smith. Uh, seasonal Affective Disorder. No, I don't, Doctor. I mean CAD. Christmas Approaching Disorder. Mm, that's not a real condition. Yes, it is. I read all about it on BuzzFeed. Three ways to know if you're suffering from CAD. Does the sight of Christmas merchandise in October bring on a panic attack? Tick. Does the gluttony of materialism and food make your soul die a little inside? Tick. Do you want to savagely murder other people's children? Tick. I've definitely got CAD. Mrs Smith, I'm sorry, but BuzzFeed isn't recognised by the National Health Service, so I can't diagnose you on a made-up condition. Pull the other one, Doctor. Well, yes, we do tend to have a lot more conditions now than we did. That's and... not what I meant. Sarah Watkins at number 37 said she went to see you with a case of CAD and you made her up an advent calendar of narcotics to get her through December. Apparently, you wrapped it up with a ribbon and everything. Bloody Sarah. She swore she wouldn't tell anyone. So, Doctor, I would like to order mine with some antidepressants, sleeping pills, sedatives, laxatives, two tranquilizer darts and... A partridge in a pear tree? No. An extra-large ribbed condom. Fine. 
As I'm feeling a bit of pre-festive cheer today, I'll do it. But this is the last advent calendar I'm making. I could lose my job over this. Oh, Doctor, it's so pretty. Inside that GP, there's a bit of an artist waiting to come out, isn't there? Well, maybe, but... Look, remember, only open one window a day. And don't go racing ahead, as you will... Well, die. I've even put something a little bit special in the Christmas Day window to put a softer focus on those murderous urges. Brilliant. And please don't get the kids' chocolate calendars mixed up with this one. Let's see how they behave, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, Mrs Smith. Merry Christmas, Bertie. (laughs) Ah, yes. The Merry Christmas, Bertie. Uh, We've had disagreements over that, I remember. There was a bit of um, subtle, like not big disagreements, but... um, just the question. I think you weren't sure about Bertie being involved. I, I, I was not. I remember I was not. I was wrong. Yeah, I, I wasn't either. I wasn't sure, and I too was wrong. So, <laughs> well, it's just so right. silly. It's very silly, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, the thing is, you like uh, that sort of silly non sector thing. There was, there was a sketch which you hadn't written. I, th- I don't think you'd written it. It was one of the aphorism testings. Anyway, your, your last line was something like, um, made of gold. And the way you delivered it was just, <laughs> made of gold. And it was just luxuriate over that word. Yeah, it was, it was, you made it really silly, like that Merry Christmas Bertie, that level of silliness. So um, I remember that gold thing, actually. I had fun doing that. I just think... The more and more I know about comedy, the more I just think, you know what, it's like 99% in the performance. <laughs> like, people, I mean, the script, okay, the script does matter, but the diff, like, the reason I like that sketch is because I think those two just did that so well. Amy and Phil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it just the, makes such a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, <laughs> Phil's line, what was it, something like? Bloody... Yeah, bloody... <laughs> Whatever. <sad>. And it's, <laughs> that's just like, that could be lost. That so easily could be lost, couldn't it? Yeah. yeah, but it's actually, it's freighted with meaning. There's a, you, you get a sense of a whole other relationship there. Yes, yes. You feel like all the stuff he's gone through with that woman in the past. <laughs> and that's what makes it funny, that he's delivering in that way. The yeah. pain she's caused him. <laughs> the good memories they had too. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, when you write it, you don't always think, oh, this is how it's going to be read. So, yeah, that's. That's why I, when I listened to all this, my sketches, I was like, this perform- those performances were like probably the best ones, I felt. Yeah. Um, and also you guys helped me with that sketch because I think you gave me some notes and I like changed it a bit from my memory anyway. I can't re- I, I, think, I think there was some back and forth, part of which was the Bertie issue. Part of it was Bertie, but I think let you me, also wanted me- Let me be me absolutely to- clear again, we were wrong. Yeah, we were wrong. We were wrong. <laughs> <Can> we- <laughs> That's good. You were wrong, but I think you were right in the way that you made me like evolve it slightly. Like I can't remember what you said now, but um, it, 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 it made it. Really... It was like two years ago, so it it's was, that, that was from the uh, the Christmas special in two thousand and eighteen. Mm. Ah, such innocent times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the thing is, this sketch is very re- resonant now. I think. It's, yeah. I wrote it because I don't massively enjoy Christmas. But I think maybe that's be- going to become a more um, common thing now for this Christmas. I well, think, well, Christmas this year is going to be certainly a bit more fraught, isn't it? Yeah. So I've started Christmas already. 
I'm on the run into Christmas. Yesterday's breakfast consisted of two pieces of toast and a mince pie. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so I've just realised at the top of this, we should have said, this is Joe Tilly. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise this was being recorded. Is this being recorded? Yeah, this yes. Is. Oh, I thought we were still chatting. No, this no. is recording. This, this is oh, recording. my God, I wouldn't have said half that stuff. No, it's, been, it's been delightful. It's been perfect. I know, but I thought that we were going to be like, now we're started. Okay, so we we are actually going to have to finish because yeah, which is wait a minute, have we started or have we finished? I'm very no, confused. We started, so we'll finish. <laughs> when did this start? I don't know when it started. I'm so I think that I like the fact I it's very natural. But I just want to say for the record, I didn't realise that any of that was being recorded. <laughs> but but you are Joe Tilly. I am Joanna Tilly. Yeah. I, yeah, I've told Nick this before. I've said to him, if you're going to record people, you have to let them know. <laughs> and preferably ask them for permission. Well, this is at least quite funny, isn't it? Yes. Well, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sort of, you know, farcical in and out that Ray Clooney has made a, a whole career out of in the, in the West End. Okay. Well, can I at least listen to what I've said? Because I'm a bit scared now. Well, you can hear it on the show. But I, I, just to reassure you, you haven't said anything you shouldn't have said. So, for what it's worth, we've been doing a lot okay? of these, and I thought that was excellent. <laughs> Did you also realise that I didn't know I was being recorded? No, I just assumed. No. I just assumed that you thought we'd be recording right from the start because that's the point of this: is to record. But we were on the. You said we were only on ninety-five percent upload of the person before. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. So, and then you would do, I thought you would have said, and now we're 100% so we can start. Let's go. Sorry. Are you cross now? You're laughing, but I don't know whether you're cross. <laughs> okay, so let's start again. So, Joe, what did you think of your sketch? <laughs> oh, wow. I, I wrote it all. They didn't help me at all. I'm naturally very gifted. <laughs> I don't think the performance really matters. I think it's all in the writing. <laughs> what else? What else? <laughs> so, Joe, we are going to have to go because we've got our next meeting. Okay, right. Well, really make sorry. sure you do it. Make sure you do it properly with them. <laughs> well, now we're going to have to convert this. So we're going to have exactly the same problem in the next meeting that we've had in this one. Okay, great. Right. Sorry. Well, it's been a joy. It has. It's, it's been, been really lovely. good to see you. Thank you, Joe. And hopefully we can uh, do clowns <laughs> again in the future. Yeah, I'd love to. And then and, and I can promote my new service as well. Uh, awesome. All right, I better go then. Okay. All right. Have, have a lovely see day, you. Joe. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Release the clowns. This is an advertisement for Joanna Tilly's brand new writing service, which you can find at joannatilly.com Struggling with a female protagonist? Think the men in your script are taking over? Simply want a brainstorm session about the female aspects of your work? Then get in touch with Joanna Tilly. Joe works with writers to delve deeper into the female characters and storylines in their projects. So, what qualifies her to help you create well-drawn female characters who go beyond one-dimensional cliches? Well, first off, she's got a wealth of experience of actually being a woman. 
Secondly, she's an experienced writer who's worked for the BBC, Evening Standard, Sky Sports News and Broadcast Magazine, where she's met and collaborated with a range of producers and commissioners, finding out what they're looking for in scripts and projects. Thirdly, Joe's an experienced comedy writer-performer who's been making people laugh for over a decade. Put all that together and you've got a script companion who can take your writing to the next level. And you'll have a lot of fun along the way. So, if you want to start writing female characters who leap off the page, head over to joannatilly.com today. Release the clowns. In my work, I've helped many ordinary people, just like you, resolve their inner struggles and achieve their goals. Whether it be coping with depression, unemployment, relationship difficulties, anxiety, smoking or alcohol-related issues, or the fear of being ordinary. The Right Honorable Tony Blair, Prince Philip, Tom Cruise, Colin Farrell, Paul and Barry Chuckle, Vladimir Putin, Baroness Thatcher, Keith Moon, Queen Elizabeth II, Kim Jong-un, Donald Trump, Jim Carrey. These are just a few of the ordinary folks I've helped to release the power of me. Hey, did I tell you I own a castle? And you could own one too. If you buy my companion volume, The Power of Me Too, only $39.95. Yes, buy my book and one day you could have your own castle. And I could have a second castle. Maybe we could be neighbors. Really? Really? Release the clowns. Now, we, we'd normally be interviewing a writer about one of their sketches, uh, one of their favourite sketches on our show. Unfortunately, the writer we would be talking to, Alex DeGrucci, cannot be with us today, which is very sad. However, he has chosen a favourite of his sketches that he's written for us. Yes, and that sketch is... Getting rid of Batman. Um, uh, good morning, Mr. Man. How many times? It's just Batman, Maureen. One word, like share. Right, yes. Uh, listen, Batman, uh, my husband and I have been talking. Oh, how is Percy? You mean since they removed the batarang from his foot? He's getting better, thank you. Yeah, again, sorry about that. I, I shouldn't have left it lying around. It's been lovely having you here, but you've been sleeping on our couch for a fortnight now, and Percy and I were wondering if you might be, well, leaving soon? I'm, I'm sure you've got plenty to do elsewhere. Oh, the village has been keeping me busy. It's a regular urban cesspool here. A lot of crime for me to fight. You choked the paperboy into unconsciousness. He was riding his bike, one-handed. See what I mean? Anarchy! You gotta have order, Maureen. Then there was the incident at the village fate. Poor Mrs Cunningham hasn't been the same since you kicked her through that wall. But she started... <clears throat> she startled me. She was only in fancy dress. I don't like clowns. 
don't you need to be getting back to Gotham City? Ah, but I hate it there. I keep beating up costume maniacs and dragging them to Arkham Asylum. And they keep breaking right back out. They might as well just install revolving doors so they can cut down on the number of guards who get killed during breakouts. There's only so many funerals Wayne Enterprises is going to anonymously pay for. Oh, uh, not that I'm Bruce Wayne. I, oh, I, I never said you were. Look, I'm sorry, but enough is enough. No more dangling the mayor off the roof of the town hall to get a free parking permit for your car or asking around if anyone knows of any local dark-haired orphan boys who can take a punch. I'm afraid you're just going to have to... What the... Clark! How's it going, buddy? Hey, Bruce. Oh, don't call me Bruce. Hey, fat man. Lois made a joke about me being faster than a speeding bullet in the bedroom, and I threw her into space. Could I crash here for a while? Sure. Maureen, grab us a couple of beers, would ya? (sighs) (laughs) 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 Poor old Maureen. I love it. Now she's got Batman and Superman. Just vegging on her sofa, drinking beer in the middle of the <laughs> afternoon. Oh God! Uh, I love the uh, I love the idea of Superman just throwing Lois Lane into space, <laughs> and now I've thrown her into space. <laughs> <laughs> can I crash here? Yeah, oh, I love it. Um, well, as you can tell, <laughs> listeners, Alex and I really enjoyed that sketch, um, and um, obviously. Um, the the writing's lovely. I lo- I love I love the way he gives the the uh, performers the chance to do changes of pace. So that thing of um, where where Batman comes slightly out of character and goes, "Well, she startled <laughs> she startled me." Is one of my favourite things. That that's just that change of just that, you know. that nice idea that the voice is the voice is just something else that he puts on, like the costume. Yes. Yes. It must be very wearing for him having to be constantly well, gravelly. I, yeah, gravelly. Um, brilliant performances there from Karen Morden as a very wonderful Maureen. Yes. Uh, uh, her her fine line of exasperation and trying to be very polite yes, English. Very village. nice. Very, very nice. nice. Very nice, but I really do want you to leave my house now. Um, <laughs> and Phil Whelan's as Batman. Uh, and then Casper as, as flying in at the last minute. Superman stroke Clark Kent. Spoiler, I should have said spoiler. Oh, <laughs> you've given the game away now. Oh, yeah. There, there's there's a lot of loveliness. Yeah, in that. Sketch. <laughs> I love the uh, <laughs> I love the the idea that he's looking for a dark haired orphan boy who can take, take a punch. A punch. <laughs> <laughs> but also that just the, it's the juxtaposition of Batman. And a small English village. Well, I suppose he's just another successful metropolitan type who's who's tired of the whole thing and yes, tried to retire to the country. Yeah, but he's doing it for some reason in somebody else's house. <laughs> and I love the fact we never find out particularly why Maureen, why? Yes. Maureen and Percy have been chosen for this role. Uh, <laughs> he's just sofa surfing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all these... All these are brilliantly left unsaid. Um, <laughs> he plays with the that superhero genre, all the tropes. Well, is that another really good example of something we've spoken about quite a lot? 
the idea of leaning in. Um, yeah. Whether it's in performance, which we've spoken about quite a lot, or in the writing mm. in this case. In this case, you've got a situation where Batman is sleeping on the sofa of a nice middle class couple in an English village. Yes. Um, just get on with it. Yeah. Really, it's if you the, the, if you try and explain it, if you try and contextualize it, or give some sort of reason or motivation for that, the whole thing would come stuttering to a halt. Well, yeah, you'd lose a page. Yeah, you'd spend a page trying to do a, a, a setup you don't actually need. But just saying this is where we are, this is what's happening, and get on with it. Yeah, exactly. No, no, that's it's really nice because it allows you to just get to the funnies. Yeah, very. It's a very good bit of writing. Yeah, um, and. Alex has has also not Alex who's sitting next to me, although he's done a lot of good sketches too. Yes, um, but Alex patronise me. Well, I thought I was my <laughs> I thought I was literally half my job was to patronise you. Um, no, enable Nick. Enable. I thought it was belittle. <laughs> Is that where I've been going wrong? Yes. Ah, right. Yeah. But um, uh, Alex has also given us Alex Taguchi has also given us. Um, the sinister nappy mat, <laughs> which great performance from Joe Tilly in that. Yeah, and and uh, Karen's in that one as well. Yes, uh, as as the mother. Um, uh, oh, arms trade Banksy, <laughs> which is where where an arms dealer tries to hire Banksy, um, and ends up. Well, I don't want to. No, no spoilers, but it involves the arms dealer possibly getting inserted into an owl. <laughs> but I think this is very close to being one of my favourite sketches I've ever read or been in, which was Evil Mobile Library. Evil Mobile Library is excellent. Um, and which is, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah. The local mobile library comes round and it's only got evil books in it. So, yeah, I have to, I have to say I thought that's probably the one that Alex would choose. So it was it was a nice, it was a nice surprise. Yes, he's, he came. He came up with getting rid of Batman, which is an equally excellent sketch. Yes, yes, uh, and in some respects, it, it, it it's different because it's a three hander, not a two hander. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a two hander most of the yeah. way through, but you know, uh, it, it yeah, it's sort of got a lovely sort of evocative English villagey thing going on. So um, they do they do both share that thing of sort of undercutting undercutting niceness. Yes, they 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 both happen in in environments which are typically nice. Yes, and in which most of the people involved are very nice. Yes, they are very nice um, people. And and then <laughs> Alex de Grouchy happens to yeah. them. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to happen to anybody. <laughs> nice people beware. So on <laughs> on that note, Alex de Grouchy. Please keep doing to nice what you've been doing in all of those sketches. Send us more because we love to see your work. Oh, and, yeah. Um, thank you. Yes, thank you. That's the word. And we That's wish you, we, we really wish you could have been here. Uh, but, you know, what is it? A uh, pandemic thing. One of those happened. things. Um, yeah. So keep, keep well. And other things. And other things. Other things happen as well. Do they? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay. other personal nightmares are available. That's good to know. Uh, available now. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Release the cleanse.
Imagine you were on a beach. The fine golden sand slips between your toes. The waves crash onto the shore. You listen to the water sucking back into the ocean. You are at peace, at one with the world and yourself. In the distance, a dog is running towards you. A healthy dog, fit and muscular, a shiny coat, fast. In the distance, a man is waving at you. Relaxed, you lift a hand to wave back. You are smiling. It is his dog. You are trespassing. It is his beach. It backs onto his castle. The castle he deserves because he wrote the best-selling The Power of Me, The Power of Me Too, and Thank You for Paying for My Castle, $49.95, soon to be a major Hollywood motion picture starring Jim Carrey. Now, get off his beach before his dog savages you. Release the clients. And we're going to be talking next with Marco, who was one who was with us right at the start. Marco, in yes. fact, was there at our very first recording session. It was just the three of us. Yes, it was. Yeah. There. Oh, yes, yes. The very birth of Release the Clowns. So, um, Marco, hello. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How do you do? <laughs> do okay. Yeah. Generally. Yeah, we do all right. You know, it's like we've never met before. <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. I think that's what you say when you've never met someone. How do you do? I've been watching a few like 1950s sitcoms <laughs> and when they introduce each other, they're always like, how do you do? How do you do? How, how do, do you do? <laughs> and I've always wanted to try it, but I'm still looking. I'm still looking for tra- strangers to try that on. Um, if we have any strangers out there listening to this show um please seek out marco chu yes and and offer yourself to be how do you do that exactly i am marco chu how do you do (laughs) that's a podcast that's a podcast (laughs) shall we listen to edinburgh show that is an edinburgh show that is okay shall we listen to your sketch Okay, yes, why not? Okay, so here is Good Morning. So, we've got 10 minutes left before maths. What were you saying about Cody? I was saying I think Cody really fancies me. Oh, finally! You won't be third-wheeling me and Lily all the time. Not that we don't like hanging out with you. I mean, we can double date now so you won't feel awkward when we're making out. So, have uh, you and Cody kissed yet? Are you still at that stage where you find reasons to brush up against each other? Oh no, we're not there yet. But yesterday, he did say good morning to me. Wait, what? Yeah, I know. He said good morning to you? Yeah, he was like, good morning, Tom. And you think he fancies you because he said good morning, Tom? Yeah, he was hoping my morning will be a good one. He cares about me. Uh, I'm pretty sure my dad said that to you at some point. Don't think my dad fancies you, do you? Well, I did for a while. What? My dad does not fancy you. Yeah, I realise that now. Your dad doesn't say good morning, Tom. He always says, morning, Tom. He's just letting me know that it's the morning, which is why I always say, oh, you don't say, Tony. Why is the morning? Well, that would be why my dad calls you Saki Tom. Can't you just say good morning back like any other normal human being? 
I'm not gonna flirt with your dad, Niall. Tom, good morning is not a chat-up line. Yes, it is. Watch this. Good morning, Amanda. Hi, Tom. See how her face was all red and she tried to hide it? Good morning is such a pickup line. Amanda's face is red because of her chicken pox. She was probably hiding it because she thought you were picking on her, not because of your amazing pickup line. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Maybe I'm just not saying it right then, because the way Cody said it was just so... Oh, here he comes now. Hey, Cody. Good morning, Tom. You are right, Niall? How's it going? The, uh, the, uh... Tom, I think this is where you have to say something. Uh, uh, t- t- uh... Uh, yes, it's all good. See you after football practice. Cool, yeah. See you later. What the hell was that, Tom? I know, right? There was so much subtext in his good morning to me. He was, like, saying so many words without actually saying them. Uh, no, Tom. I was referring to how you just lost the ability to speak there. Well, I'd like to know how you'd react in that situation. He practically asked for my hand in marriage. Of course I didn't have an answer for him there and then. We haven't even been coffee mug shopping yet. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's a thing. Oh crap, it's time for maths. Good morning, Tom. I hope you've completed your homework this time. Whoa, miss. Sorry, but this is never going to happen. I'm really not interested. (laughs) Well, perhaps you'd be more interested in explaining yourself to Principal Stevens. Yeah, I'm not really interested in him either. (laughs) 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 I'd forgotten how brilliantly mad that sketch is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how committed that sketch is to that one that one simple central idea. <laughs> yeah. Good morning means far more than just good morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who the inspiration for that character was. Because <laughs> he sounds like a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, so what you're saying is the inspiration for that sketch was Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, no. Um, yeah, no, the I mean, actual... Neither of you have said good morning to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well <laughs> noticed. I'm not taking it personal. <laughs> it's 10 to 2 in the afternoon. So that's a <laughs> personal sketch then, Marco. Yeah, I mean, the inspiration for the sketch was uh, back from my single days. <laughs> and I'm saying that as if I'm not single anymore, but uh, but I am. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, I'm as single as a half-eaten Twix, as they say. Um, so, <laughs> so if there are any listeners out there who are simply who is, who captivated, I have no idea. I don't think anybody <laughs> says that. Well, they should. They should. It's a great saying. I'm as single they as a half-eaten Twix. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so if there are any listeners out there, who are simply captivated by my irresistible voice, (laughs) join me and a bunch of like-minded, good-looking individuals here at... uh, And I'm just waiting for you guys to stop me here. Not that kind of show, Marco. Not that kind of show. We're letting you go. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Seriously. Okay, so you're single. Yes, Um, I'm single. That, that's just to clarify that yeah, yeah. just to, uh, ironically though i was with a guy at the time i was writing this sketch but uh that didn't quite work out uh obviously because he never said good morning to me <laughs> um, 
but I do remember a particular period in my life where I was like, finally, I'm a woman now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was just low-hanging joke fruit, and I couldn't. Um, <laughs> um, no, no, no. I remember, like, there were many times in my life where I'd be out with my friends who were all coupled up except for me, and they'd all be making out, and I'd just be stood there twiddling my thumbs or do 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 like Larry the Lonely Lamppost, just oh. waiting for someone to turn me on. Um, and so, <laughs> so philosophically, I guess, I felt like I was just always 10 steps behind all my friends in this walk of life, um, yeah. shall we say. So any kind of progression that I did make, I would always celebrate with like an excessive amount of enthusiasm, just like, oh, he said good morning to me, or like, oh, he said see you later. Or like, oh, he took his clothes off in front of me, but it was for PE and everybody else in the class were <laughs> doing the same thing. So that might not be an indication of attraction. Marco, calm down. Got it. Um, <laughs> so an amalgamation of all that was the inspiration for the sketch. Wow. I mean, when, when we started uh, Release the Clowns, um, you hadn't done that much writing at that point, had you? No, no, not as much as I'm doing now. Um, but I did take uh, a sketch writing course with BFA um, after we did our improv class together. Yeah. Because um, I'd never done sketch writing before, uh, but I was always a fan of um, Catherine Tate. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that always made me laugh and all the sketch shows of Little Britain although that's not very well celebrated now because uh, <laughs> <laughs> of the current climate um, of wokeness, I guess. But uh, yeah, and I always wanted to do that for myself and make people laugh. And, and yeah, I'm really glad that I did it. Nice place to start. Yeah. But yeah, it was, mm. really, it was really great that you could, you were our first person not, who was not me or Alex, who... Mm actually invested at all into pounds <laughs> for which we're forever grateful actually because it made it feel that first recording like we're doing something proper not just not just two, two idiots of prattling around, around. Yeah. yeah well we were uh, yeah i remember when we were recording all the intro intros to the episode yeah yeah the intros and the stings yep. yes yeah that's it yeah and we did what three three sketches and yeah. i remember there was soup Ah, oh, really good soup. <laughs> oh, oh. I was I was just there for the soup. <laughs> I was like, do we have to record now? I have like a handful of soup here. <laughs> a handful of soup. Like, just a handful. Uh, straight out of the pot. Marco, we have spoons. Yeah, you'll burn yourself. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yet another <laughs> hospital trip for Marco. Yeah, it's true. It's amazing how, for for our performers, soup is a recurrent theme uh, of, <laughs> of why they like doing release yeah. the. It's almost. But really, does everyone talk about the soup? <laughs> it's almost as if they put up with everything else that we put them through just for the soup. Yeah. Because of the soup. Oh. I reckon. I reckon any any onerous tasks can probably be achieved quicker. Decent soup. It's true. It's because, like, I guess it's because soup is like somebody else cheering for you. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, you need to write that down and sell it to Heinz. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's going to be in the next Actually, advert. Uh, oh. Mr. Bachelor, I've, I've, got, I've got a slogan for you. <laughs> Soup is like someone else cheering for you. It's true. Can't be bothered to chew. Well, have I got the soup for you. <laughs> or Marco Chew Don't Chew. Yeah. Yeah, Marco Chew Don't Chew. He's soup. <laughs> so from Bachelors. So at the moment... Uh, are you doing a lot of stand-up, or you've been doing a lot of stand-up? How's yeah, it going? I, I, yeah, really well. Um, I've got about like I'm really at the beginning of it, so uh, I've got about five to ten minutes that I think is funny. Well, other people think it's funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, does it matter if I think it's funny? I, <laughs> I have like five hours that I think is funny, but like five <laughs> minutes other people think it's funny. Um, but yeah, I think the aim is to just get an hour out there and go to Edinburgh, but that's miles into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really been difficult to be able to, to try out material when there are no open mics or like barely any at the moment no don't don't even think about the hour at this point it's focus on the five five minutes the 10 minutes the 15 the 20 uh if you want to go to edinburgh a good way to start is actually to do a a mixed a mixed bill show oh yeah so get get together with some other people Uh uh-huh you will have to talk to people yeah yeah that's it the social aspect Um, I'm, like, hey. I'm just I'm just setting that up for you now so you've got a good run up. Yeah. Will you um, let me in your group, please? If you, if you get together with a group of three or four people, take a show up on the free fringe. Yeah. You, you minimize your, your costs hmm. and just run it. And when when I've done that in the past, what we did was we there were three of us and we did two of us would do sort of twenty-five minutes each and the other one would compare and we'd yeah, we'd rotate that. Yeah, and the the other the other really good thing, Marco, about Edinburgh, if you go up, especially if you go up in that way, where actually doing an hour is quite a it's quite intense. If you go up in that way, you reserve a lot more of your energy, and what you can actually do is gig much much more. And as like while you're out there, are there other gigs? Yeah, yeah. There's lots and lots of gigs. There's there's lots of lots of shows that you can book while you're up there or before yeah. you go up to go on and just do like five minutes or whatever. Oh, that's it's, cool. It's amazing discipline. It's yeah. really good because what you do is you get rid of that thing where you think, okay, I've just done a gig and now I've got another gig in a week and I have I have a week to think about that gig. Mm-hmm. What actually happens is. You say, I've just done a gig and I've got another gig in 45 minutes and I've just got time to get there before yeah. I do the gig. And you, it really does cut out a lot of that nerves and worrying and overthinking mm. that you do. Yeah. And literally there's been times when I've been up there when I've, I've, been, I've been walking through the door as I was announced on stage. <laughs> and then as soon as i as soon as i got off stage i was off again to do another gig i've, I've had days when i did seven eight nine ten gigs in a day and it's 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 really like you you were talking before when we were chatting about the open mic circuit and how yeah um it's it's increasingly difficult to get gigs even outside of the sort of covid environment yeah where 
there's just so many people clamoring for gigs. So you mm. can end up with quite a lot of time between them and not really building momentum. Yeah. Three weeks at the fringe can be the equivalent of the stage time you'd get in the rest of the year on the open mic circuit. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So what I would do is don't worry about the hour. Yeah. Think about getting a good 15 to 20 minutes, buddy up with some people, get up there, yeah. and just go out and enjoy gigging as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're up there, there are a lot of people who need time filled on stage. Yes. It's a very fluid situation. You, you can literally get picked up on the street as well. You can just be walking down the road and someone will, someone will say to you, yeah, I've got a spot later. Do you, want, do you want to come along? Oh, great. That's filled in. Yeah. That's filled in another oh, wow. hour of my day. But if they, if they say, I've got a gig in this panel van, get in the back of the van, <laughs> that one you don't go to. Well, now that's okay. tricky because actually the, the, the pressure on space in Edinburgh means that people have been doing gigs in weirder and weirder places. And actually a panel oh, van wow. wouldn't be that strange. To be honest, <laughs> even, if, even if someone said to me, even if someone said to you, like, I've got this gig for an audience of one in this tiled basement with uh, excellent soundproofing blood gut. <laughs> I would think stage time, not kill them. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're in Edinburgh, then. <laughs> yeah. I've got to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got to kill them now, in my house. I'm going to insist right now that, that you do not edit that out. Okay. The just so there's evidence if anything happens we've got on tape that nick has a kill room i do it's we've, i moved into a new house in august and in the basement there's a square room that has chains nailed to the wall yeah oh, God. this is this is actually true uh, they were already there they were yeah. already there and which is really now, nice because people yes. it's nice when people leave something behind like a <laughs> or some change and fully equipped yeah exactly so <laughs> moving back from the other side of crazy um <laughs> so marco you you've obviously you've just started in the last couple of years doing stand-up uh -huh. um what's it been like since covid i mean what what happened is it um what the stand-up scene at all or um, yeah, well, I think um, there is this website where um, I think they're still doing gigs at this place called, uh, I, I, I think it's a, like a Shakespeare pub somewhere. I can't is remember. It's called The Globe. <laughs> I don't think they're doing it at the actual Globe Theatre, but I think there's another pub called The Shakespeare Pub or something like that. And I've been looking into doing it there. But then, you know, procrastination's a bitch and... You're like, oh, I've got a day off today. May I'll just sleep in. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully uh, I will. I will get back on it soon. Don't procrastinate, Marco. Just go and do it. Oh yeah, easier Enjoy said than done. But yeah, yeah, I do. There you go. Um, yeah, it's that thing where like you say a joke, or you're at a gig, you say a joke, and then like if it's been a really good gig like 20 minutes after you're still like replaying those jokes in your head and replaying this, the room's laughter. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I remember um, Rich Hall doing this bit about that when people ask him what it's like to be a comedian, what's it like when you storm? And he, he, he said, it's, it's like, uh, you know, when you go to the fair and you, you go to the shooting gallery and you start shooting and you can't miss 
and you keep shooting and you keep shooting and you can't miss and you can't miss and people start gathering around they go whoa look at that guy shoot he's amazing and you keep shooting and you keep shooting until eventually you win the giant fluffy alligator and you walk away from the shooting gallery and you're walking around the fair and everyone's looking at you going there's the there's the guy with the big furry alligator that guy (laughs) he is awesome and you walk in there and everyone can see you and everyone knows what you did and you walk towards the gates and everyone's still looking at you walk out the gates 20 yards down the road you're just some dickhead with a big furry alligator <laughs> I don't, oh right sorry I, i've got this thing where my emailer will interrupt what's going yeah. on and make a noise an audio ah, okay so we're here we we've been chatting to marco and while we've been doing that an email has come in from one of our other writers simon littlefield, simon littlefield um yeah. telling me about a job he's seen on LinkedIn that might interest me. And Simon's really nice. He, he does this on a regular basis. And it's now getting to the stage where I'm wondering whether what he's actually telling me is give up the whole release the clowns thing. <laughs> Go <laughs> one of his jobs. Or the, the whole writing thing generally. Just isn't for you. <laughs> please, please stop. Please. <laughs> he keeps sending you links for jobs that involve tab- tabards. Tabards, yes, it is a remarkably tabard heavy uh, <laughs> list of jobs that Simon sends me. Oh, God bless you, Simon. I love you, man. Um, I love woo. <laughs> do you guys not do that? No. Oh. No, I just say good morning. <laughs> <laughs> and That's on, my thing. <laughs> and on that, um, <laughs> greetings slash... What, what about goodbye? I mean, is that, is that some, are we going to be adding some contextual thing? We never not, can say goodbye. We can never say, we can never, never say, goodbye. say goodbye. Never can no. Say Does that normally have girl on the end of it? Is that for uh, It can do, or boy. Boy, yeah. Goodbye, boy. Goodbye, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marco. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you. Did you see Thank how you. Nick tried to tie that up all nice and neatly and professionally? And, <laughs> yes. And completely prevented that from happening. Again, by <laughs> rambling on about how oh. I was... You bastards. <sighs> I'm trying to be professional here. I'm not going to say we oh. deliberately frustrated him, but we No. Did. Such fun. <laughs> can we say goodbye now? Can we say goodbye now? Yes, yes we can. Yes, yes, yes. Goodbye. Thanks, Marco. Thanks, Marco. Thank you. Good to see y'all. Release the Clown starred Phil Whelan, Amy Holmes, Casper Michaels, Marco Chu, Karen Morden, Alex Marion, Holly Meacham, Nick Hildred, Martin Hyder, Phil Nice and Simon Edwards. It was written by Joe Tilly, Simon Littlefield, Marco Chu and Alex DeGrucci. The social media chief cook and bottle washer is Dan Willis and taking to the bottle of the producers Nick Hildred and Alex Marion. As the nights start drawing in and some of us go back into lockdown, we feel that people need a helping of joyous, non-partisan comedy more than ever. So if you're enjoying the show, why not reach out to friends, family and all those people you've somehow picked up on Facebook and Twitter and tell them about Release the Clowns. Help us shine our beacon of silliness into the dank crevices of this crazy, mixed-up world. Oh, although we're not suggesting your friends and family are dank crevices, Ah, that messaging went horribly wrong. See you in two?